Welcome to the Into the Void podcast with your host, Sammy Starr. Step into the void. Hey everyone, welcome to episode seven of Into the Void podcast. I am with Ali Slater, a solo recording artist, and I want to thank everybody for joining me for this latest edition. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, and you can listen to this episode on YouTube. You can listen to this on Spotify. You can even listen to this on Podbean. I want to thank everybody actually for tuning in to this latest episode because I didn't think we would be like seven episodes in. It's kind of crazy how we've gotten this far in. And I want to thank how many subscribers that are actually tuning in. And even if you're not like subscribed yet and you're just kind of diving in and stepping into the void I want to thank you for tuning in now. I want to hand it over to Allie Slater and let her introduce herself. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Happy episode seven. Hi, I'm Allie Slater. I am a singer-songwriter in the pop-punk, pop-rock community, genre, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm ready to talk about my upcoming EP. I'm excited. I'm excited for you because I feel like we don't get, you know, a lot of women just on this podcast in general we don't get like I guess enough pop slash pop punk artists in general like I know I get a lot of whether it's metalcore or you know things of that nature like within the metal scene so it's nice to get a kind of different taste of a different genre especially you know women in the scene and we're gonna kind of dive into that a lot I would love to uh, I think men have dominated this genre of music for so long I think it's ready for you know women to step in I mean there have been some great women in the genre but we need more we always need more women definitely and uh, we're definitely going to dive into that into this episode I always say this but it's kind of a boring question but nonetheless I feel like it's an interesting question because I feel like every musician's story is interesting for how they got started and you know how they got to where they are at this point in time in their career. What first got you into music and what makes you so passionate about what you're doing right now? So my music journey has been a long, crazy, up and down kind of journey. I started singing, songwriting, and playing piano when I was, I mean, not well, but I was four years old. (laughs) I mean, I was good at piano and singing, but, you know, my songwriting skills were not up to par just yet. But, you know, that's when it started. And I kind of knew from then this is what I needed to be doing all through high school. We made a big jump from four years old, but that's when it was right. serious. The big um, jump. The big jump. <laughs> we're just going to skip ages five through 14. We're just going to skip ahead. In high school, I got really serious about music. I started getting into music theory. I'm such a music theory nerd. I was composing a bunch of pieces. I was always into pop music, but it never felt quite right. Like I was really good at writing pop melodies and instrumentation for pop songs, but it wasn't, something was off. I couldn't tell you what it was. I also lived in New York City in a very sheltered part of New York City. So I didn't have the knowledge or the exposure to pop punk music just yet. Right. So so we're in pop mode in high school, composing and all of that. I get to college. I would never want to speak badly about a university, but they kind of discouraged me from ever doing music. So I kind of stopped and I became a teacher uh, and a music teacher. I incorporated music into all of my lessons, but I'm like, okay, be practical. So I became a teacher and I loved my job, but Then I switched because you can't make a living as a teacher. I I switched to corporate skincare. I'm a full-time corporate slave, (laughs) part-time musician. (laughs) And then the pandemic hit and I'm like, I cannot be miserable for the rest of my life. I've always known that I've needed to do music, Mm -hmm. but at this point we've all seen that life is so fragile and at any second, something huge, you know, like a pandemic can happen and kind of woke me up. And at that moment, I stopped being scared of it and just said, I I have to do this. So I started writing, reaching out to a bunch of my old music contacts and saying like, okay, I'm I'm ready now. Let's, (laughs) let's do this. Let's get this show on the road. And I started listening to more 
pop punk music, pop rock music, metal music. I went to a festival in college called Buku Fest in New Orleans where Falling in Reverse was playing. I'm like, what is this? Oh my God. <laughs> this is the music I need to be making. I felt that spark and that passion again. So I went, I went into writing rock music and we are here now. <laughs> we made it to almost 26 years old. That's amazing. And us being like 90s kids and whatnot, growing up in the time that we did, I can fully agree that pop punk was fully in my blood for the longest before I even got into metal music because, you know, Newfound Glory was like one of my all time favorites. <laughs> I want to trail back a bit because even before that, it was Guns and Roses and, you know, bands like Foreigner. My mom had kind of like exposed me to those bands way before. It kind of just went all downhill from there. <laughs> all downhill. Um, Newfound Glory reference right there. <laughs> it was them that kind of like got me into this whole different avenue of what rock music could really be. So I fully agree with you that pop punk is a, a gateway avenue to getting you into other you know, genres of music. And I feel like a lot of times people will often say that it's one of those genres where it's like kind of like cakey and kind of like sweet and it's not like you know it's not like metal man or it's not like <laughs> metal core man I've been so scared to like enter the community because I didn't want people to like gatekeep and they're like that's not metal that's not hard <laughs> I, exactly I kind of hate that so much in the sense of like people who do do that I get that's what you like and that's that's all you. And if you keep that close to your chest, that's fine. I've already had a few people come for me for that. It's been, really, I mean, yeah, already a few people have come for me. I mean, at this point, I'm like, if you don't have any hate comments, you haven't made it yet. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I've been, I was like waiting for my first hate comment and I don't love hearing hate, but that means people are starting to know who I am. At the same time, I've had this conversation with a lot of artists outside of women in the scene the rock scene in general is at a point where you need to diversify, right? Yeah. You need to look into other genres to make things more interesting. Yeah. You run into a risk of things always sounding like the same. There know? is like this pop punk formula. Right. So I still meet, I mean, Jackie, Vincent and I, we still meet every week. He's like my guitar theory kind of teacher who said he would do a feature on my song. We, I was on the phone with him on Friday and we were saying like what he was saying because he is the sweetest and I hate complimenting myself. He was saying like what sets me apart from others in the industry is I'm taking from other genres, putting it all together and making it my own within the pop punk, emo, pop rock genre. So right. like, I'll like riffs from Ariana Grande songs and throw them into mine or some different jazzy chords and like sus chords and throw it into mine. Like I'm trying to diversify the music. Not that I want to take anything away from the experience that people have had, but I, I think adding some other elements to set it apart is also super healthy. You know, like you're allowed to expand your horizons and love what you love. If you don't like it, that's fine. I'm okay with that. You're not going to like everything, but there's just something special about each and every band that we listen to that sets them apart from each other. And I think that's so special because it gives everyone a sense of like comfortability <laughs> and like a haven within the music. And that's what I want to be providing. 100%. Well. We're kind of flowing into like the next bit of questions. I, I know we went into what first got you into music with the genre aspect. Oh, and I quickly want to backtrack on that. I have to mention the first like rock group of this time that I was introduced to my roommate in college introduced. He's like, have you heard Black Veil Brides? No, but they sound cool. And I, it gave me my rock awakening. I like, I, I cried. I, I'm not a crier. I cried. And I'm like, this is the type of music I need to be writing. When it comes to Black Veil Brides and you look at him as a vocalist he's come so far mm -hmm. from where he started back yeah. in the early early scene days when he yeah. had first started 
And from doing music to doing acting, you know, it's, it's crazy to see where he's come to where he is at now. If he can do that, then other people in the scene can do that. It's so inspirational, I feel. And a lot of people do struggle with the same things that he's, he's, he's a person, you know, addiction is such a common thing. And to see where he started and where he is now, like he is a thriving. And at the same time, I've never heard one bad thing about him. No. Jackie used to see him all the time, like in Warped Tour, and they did videos together. And he's never had one bad thing to say about him, despite, you know, all the struggles that we go through. So he really is an inspiration. 100%. And that does tap into our next question of who inspired you to make music. And I know, like, from all your singles, like you said, there's a wide range of influences and each style has brought something different to the table. And I I know you brought up you working with Jackie Vincent, you know, him being your mentor and you're working with him constantly. Are there any influences also outside of the music aspect of things? That's hard. I really do find all of my inspiration within music unless we're talking about like messages of the song and then it's about horrible men (laughs) (laughs) about like my poor luck in dating but sonic inspiration and inspiration as a person Mm -hmm. I I do find a lot of that within the music industry right and certain people I look up to I I mean music is everything to me at this point who I really found some real inspiration for, no one would know him, but um, my music teacher in high school, he was this renowned jazz guitarist everywhere. He was the most incredible human. He either, he was like this tough, old Italian man with a mustache and he either loved you or he hated you. And he's a high school teacher. Like entering high school, I knew who this man was. And I'm like, I really want him to like me. Like, I would love for him to like me. And he became like my dad. He was the best person. Without him, I wouldn't be here doing music in general. Like he, he saw something in me that I'm sure other people would have seen, but I, would, I wasn't showing to anyone else. He really took care of me. And mm-hmm. even I only found this out later. He pulled my parents aside and said, she's really special. She needs to be doing music. And he's been, he, he was like pretty old at that time. He had seen so many musicians, hundreds, thousands even of musicians taught them. It's like, she's really special. She has an ear for writing and she needs to be doing this. Don't give up. Don't let her give up. Um, That is so sweet. Yeah. He recently passed away during the pandemic. So that was something hard to deal with but I think that's something that also woke me up like it sucks that he'll never be able to see what I've done but while I'm doing a lot of this for myself it's also for him I wouldn't be doing it without him I think it's always great to have people like that in your life that push you to do more I always find it great that we have even though like I'm a journalist you're obviously a musician I actually had studied guitar for a few years just so I could understand the theory of it so I could write about music my guitar teacher was like the same way and I had no idea what I was doing with (laughs) a guitar I bought I had a Fender Stratocaster I still do and he even told me like at the end the amount of knowledge that you have accrued through the course and like what you've learned and how much you developed and progressed through this is amazing like you need to keep doing this you know I still practice every now and then it still helps me continue to grow as a music journalist and knowing like why I started a deeper appreciation for the art and what the artists you talk to do right exactly a certain amount of insight into the life of a musician. And I'm sure it helps you exponentially when you're writing. Exactly. I completely agree. And I empathize with you when you lose somebody like that close to you. It's like, there's a hole that is kind of there that can't be replaced. So I'm glad that you found some inspiration in that to keep you moving forward. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, while that could have, I mean, it wrecked me for a little bit. If if he were here and he saw me like being so sad about it, he'd be like, "What's the matter with you? Shut up!" <laughs> You're right. It just this, that off. typical bombastic kind of like yes. you know Italian attitude, right? Yeah. What's the matter with you? Be a musician, like I said to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I turn it into a positive, and I'm doing what he would have wanted me to do. Right. Well, you collaborated with Jackie Vincent from Falling in Reverse, and that has to be one of like the coolest collabs that you can put on your resume. I remembered you guys reaching out to me and I was like, this has to be like one of the coolest things that you can have as an emerging, you know, artist to say like, this guitarist is being featured like on my song. I guess my question to you is, if you could pick any other person to collaborate with on your music who would it be with and why oh boy I have so many artists I'd love to collaborate with in terms of having someone on my song I would love to do something with some of those like women rock legends like I would love to work with Amy Lee I would love to work Haley Williams, obviously, who doesn't want to work with you. Right. She's a badass and just so talented. Something maybe more attainable. I would love to work with Chrissy Costanza. Still not super attainable, but more attainable than Amy Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Those are rock legends for sure. If they even hear this podcast, you know, there's there's a will, there's a way, right? (laughs) Yeah, of course. In terms of writing, I mean, they're iconic, but what made me find this genre and find a love for it and finally feel like I never fit in anywhere. You know, I like finally found a place where I kind of fit in. Mm-hmm. Started with Andy. I would I would love to write with him. He, I mean, as beautiful as he is, I think his his writing skills are awesome. <laughs> I selfishly, for aesthetic reasons, I'm I'm kidding. I, I really would love to write with him. And also Austin Knight from Waterparks, I, I think his lyrics are gorgeous everything he has to say it's so different but still makes sense the imagery he uses for this ep it's very literal writing after listening to a bunch of water park stuff i'm like okay it doesn't have as funny as i am it doesn't have to be as literal i right transitioning into more figurative and metaphorical writing and trying to strengthen that skill and that came from really listening to austin's music I don't want to diminish what Jeff and Otto do. Like they're, they're badasses too, but like Austin is the one writing and I I'm obsessed with his writing style and I would love to just learn from him and collaborate with him. And I think our voices would sound great together. You heard it here, guys. Haley Williams, Chrissy Costanza, Andy Beersack, Austin Knight, and a plethora of other artists hit me up. I'm available. (laughs) I'm always available for you. Just slide into her DMs and just, my DMs are are wide open (laughs) (laughs) she is wide open and ready to work with you guys yes yes I am (laughs) going back to your prior single over it I know that taps into something that's pretty personal to you like you said your experience with romance and trying to find somebody and it being hard. And I know that a lot of people can identify with that in like a myriad of ways and how hard that is to find somebody that really completes you. But a lot of times that is often stifled by a multitude of reasons. What made you want to come out and kind of like talk about this subject. I know a lot of bands and a lot of artists often talk about, you know, romance and their experiences with this. 95% of songs are about, you know, dating and love and romance. And while there are a lot of sad songs about romance and like, you hurt me and I'm so hurt and I hurt you, like dating for me has never been fun. I, and while that might be on me picking the wrong men, I think it's also just, I, I've not in like a slutty way. Like I've just been trying to date and meet as many people so I can find that person for me. And I have not found the fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I, at first it was frustrating and like, I got upset and I'm like, is it me? Am I the problem? Am I the drama? No, I'm not the problem here. I'm just meeting a bunch of people who are just, it's just rude, mean, unappreciative are not nice. Try to manipulate and treat people horribly. So once I got to writing over it, I, I wasn't mad anymore. I wasn't sad. I wasn't thrilled. Like, haha, another guy done. I was, I was just like, so indifferent. I'm like, I'm so over all of this. I, I don't want to date anymore. I never want to do this again. <laughs> and I think we all get to a point where we kind of need to, the term is kind of do the shadow work and kind of go into ourselves a bit. And we find that we don't need any of those things to love ourselves. You know what I mean? And that's what this whole upcoming EP is about. It's called Lucid. I know it's spelled incorrectly, but there is a reason for that. (laughs) Um, It's kind of waking up and like learning about yourself and learning where you're in the wrong as well, being the best you you can be, but also recognizing that you deserve better than the shit people try to throw at you. It's like, obviously like half of it is like, men suck. I hate them. They're the worst. But also it's like kind of waking up to your own, your own bullshit and (laughs) being aware that these, these are positive changes that you need to make. And maybe if we're lucky, the right person will find us. Like I'm not, I'm not looking anymore. If he finds me fantastic, but like, I'm going to work on being me and the best me I can be and writing some bomb music. No, I, I think that's a positive message to be throwing out there. Not just for women. I mean, obviously, it is a strong message for women, but just, you know, for people in general that are really struggling to find that inner worth within themselves Mm -hmm. that you don't need that validation from somebody else to love yourself. As I've grown, even over the last two years, I'm sure everyone's done a lot of a lot of growing in Mm -hmm. this crisis. I've really started to love myself. We're not, we're not all the way there yet. It it takes time, but I've found so much more love for how strong I am, how talented I am and what I have to offer. I don't settle for anything less than I deserve anymore. But like, if I can see that I'm not being treated properly, um, moving on, I don't need that. And, And I feel like I've started to attract the right people. The more that I've started to love myself. Right. Right starting to find me which has been really nice but I it's so important everyone every time someone said like you need to love yourself before you love anyone else I'm like fine (laughs) it is true it really is true the more you start to love yourself the better things get all around not just with romantic interests just it really does start to make your life better so stressing about hating yourself so much that's also exhausting (laughs) It really is. You start to pick apart the things about yourself because people will either say or do things that put yourself in a negative light. And Mm -hmm. it is stressful and it is toxic. But bookending what you have said, everybody has their own journey. What I've learned in this adulting (laughs) of what we have had to do over the course of, especially like you said, over the past few years with everything that's been going on, you can pick a path. And I'm not saying that you can't pick a path. I can guarantee you that it's never going to go the way you want it to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. You can pick that path. But a lot of the times when you do pick a path, It's very ego-based because you're going off of past experiences of what you have already gone through and nothing that you, I I think we're going kind of off track here, but that's what Into the Void is about, right? I mean, these are important topics, right? especially for, I mean, I don't want to, you know, poo-poo men, but like this, these are things that women need to hear now more than ever. And it's like, when you pick a path nothing in the past is going to have any relevance for what you want to experience that's new. Mm -hmm. So when you do pick a path, always keep your radar on because it's, I can guarantee you anything that comes to you is going to be something that 
is coming from an unexpected source. Yeah. That could be in love. That could be in real. Exactly. I relate to that so much right now. I'm like, I met someone last week and I'm like, everything was lining up. The universe was like just spitting on my face. Like (laughs) things were just lining up. I'm like, what is this nonsense? Are things working out for me? You kidding me? But because of these past experiences, obviously I've written a bunch of man-hating songs. I'm not there yet where I'm like, I totally trust this person. I've been like so conflicted. (laughs) Is this real? Well, probably not. He probably hates me. (laughs) Right. Because your ego is basically going off of things that you've already experienced. And that's that's a normal thing for everybody. But it's like if you learn to just kind of let go and be in the energy of kind of letting things kind of the cards falling where they need to. That's what I'm training myself to do. I need to let go of those like toxic tendencies that I have to just make myself crazy over what this person thinks about me and what it might be. Like I'm toning that down, whatever it ends up being fantastic. I'm going to work on my music. I'm going to be a bad bitch and whatever happens, happens. Exactly. Whatever happens, happens. Life 101, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, don't worry about things that you have zero control over. It's not going to do anything good for you. The things you do have control over, work on that shit. 100%. Since now that we have dove into this topic a little bit, you have a new EP coming out. Lucid. I want to poke and prod on this a little bit. Poke and prod. I would love (laughs) to talk about it. Um, since this is into the void and we can kind of talk about these things. In what ways has this process lyrically and instrumentally been different from what you have done previously? This whole EP is kind of an experimental EP. Each Mm -hmm. of the songs are so different sonically because I kind of want to pinpoint, A, what do people like that I do? Mm Mm-hmm. What am I feeling? What do I like of these songs? And and like build on that going forward. But I mean, three of the songs we've all heard: "Kiss in the Rain," "Without You," "Over It." And I have two more. One of them's called "Ring Shopping," which is a little more metal, just a tiny bit more. I'm not going to claim to be metal, but <laughs> I, I, I look at me now. I'm not metal. <laughs> but it does have more metal influence in it, and it's a lot heavier and it's a lot harder. And then Lucid, the title track, I pulled that two of my reference songs were the Stay cover by No Resolve, the Justin Bieber, Kid Leroy cover. It had like a lot of big electronic elements in it. And then I also pulled from Silly Putty by Femme, also iconic. I just found her. I should include her. I'd love to work with Femme. She had, I mean, Silly Putty is a very like hyper pop, also kind of rock song, so I included like a very up-tempo song. I, I made it very up-tempo and not just like, I'm sad I don't have a kiss in the rain or fuck this guy, he ruined me. This this song is, I, it's my favorite on the EP, Lucid One. So it's it's gone in so many different directions. And previously I, I was a pop writer and just not getting it right. <laughs> this has been so fun to experiment with. A kiss in the rain, I based that off of like, some of the newer against the current stuff where it's kind of dark, but also kind of great. <laughs> right. Without you, I wrote in six, eight and made it kind of dramatic. Yeah. Gone with the wind by the next day. Like that's a pretty man hateful song. <laughs> <laughs> over it is just like a typical, like pop punk, like so damn over it. Like it's, it is what it is. These next two really diversify it. And I do something sonically very different with it. So I'd love to see what the response is to it. Mm-hmm. And from there, I'm going to, you know, shift my direction a little bit, but also go with what I want. That was a lot of rambling. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I guess it's fair to say that this EP is very freeing emotionally and in so many ways for yourself, right? Because not only like, are you experimenting with a lot of different kinds of genres, but it's like freeing a lot of like the dead weight for you, right? This is, this is free therapy. I do have a therapist, but this is free therapy. (laughs) Right. I feel like a lot of music is for a lot of musicians, right? 
like kiss in the rain i wrote in the middle of the night i reached out this is in the very beginning of when i started to really write again i reached out to one of my favorite singer songwriters i don't want to say his name in case he like doesn't want me to say his name but reached out to him during live i'm like you are so inspirational i would love to like get on the phone with you and ask you a few questions about you know just starting in the industry and your songwriting and blah 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 and uh, he sent me like a voice memo back and I'm like, oh my God, he said my name. I love it when he says my name and <laughs> I did the crazy thing where I'm like, could he be the one? <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy, crazy to do, but I'm like, I need to get this out of my system so I can just go to sleep. It was like four in the morning. Well, yeah, song starts, it's 4am and I can't sleep now. I banged it out in like 15 minutes and went right to sleep. Like I got it. I couldn't sleep. I like got it all in my system and then went to bed and I was fine. Lucid. I also wrote in kind of like not a manic moment, but I started crushing on a guy that I really had no business crushing on. And I, I don't get crushes very often. It's really rare for me to crush on someone. And for the first time in years, like I, I saw his name on my phone and like I got butterflies and I felt like so little again and it was a really nice feeling. But there was also that moment of realizing like I can never be with this person. He is in love with his girlfriend and that's so great for them, but sucks for me. <laughs> but I got it out of my system again. I wrote the song and I'm like, ah, okay, I feel better. This is less intense now. <laughs> So I really, whenever I'm feeling some super intense things, whether they're ha never happy, whether they're hopeful <laughs> or sad or mad, I'll just write never happy. <laughs> this is very emo of me. I'll just write it out, get it out of my system and I'll feel 20 times better. This is into the void. I said this with another band, like it, it's okay to be a little bit emo. <laughs> in the world of pop punk, in the world of metalcore, it's, it's okay to be a little bit emo. If you ever sense that you're listening to a song that I've written and it sounds happy, it's not. <laughs> not a happy song. Like when Kiss in the Rain first came out, I got so many people saying like, oh, I love this song. I get so happy when I listen to it. I'm like, you missed the tragedy behind this song. <laughs> it's always, especially with pop punk, there's always like that juxtaposition of there's this happiness instrumentally that kind of goes with it, but then the lyrics are always just like super once, heavy. Once you listen, you're like, oh shit, that kind of broke me a little. Yeah, right. <laughs> I will get that sometimes with a lot of pop punk songs that I will listen to. And like instrumentally, it's it hits like really hard. And then I'll listen to the lyrics. I'm like, damn, this is deep. Like though my lyrics are very, at least in this EP, very literal and you, you understand what the message of the song is about. I'm, I'm very intentional with the instrumental. So Kiss in the Rain, all the chorus is like, love me when you say my name. And it's like very happy guitars. Like I also had those dark elements in there kind of sprinkled in. So you really understand, oh, this is a sad song. Or mm -hmm. without you, that's an angry song. I don't get angry very often. That was an angry song. And you can kind of hear that in the track. Lucid, when you listen to it, it's like, it's up there. It's very like hyper pop. There are a lot of electronic elements to it. It's like, I am lighting up. Like, I, oh, I should explain the title. Lucid <laughs> stands for right. lighting up, shut it down. So like, I'm getting really excited about something, but like, I got to shut that shit down real fast because I'm not allowed to be excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> the inspiration behind the instrumentation of Lucid, adding those electronic elements into it, it really is about like, I like I see your name on my phone and I light right up like it's all technology based and also I mean it could also take it as like I'm getting turned on real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that I put into my music is 110% intentional. Right. I don't so, know where we came from with that. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I like where we're going with this. We could tap into a really fun question that I always like to know, like, because I, I think again, like touring is like a big part of why musicians kind of do what they do. Right. It's a fundamental part of why musicians love music. Right. Yeah, definitely. If you could tour with anyone, who would it be with? Oh my goodness. I I've been thinking about this for quite some time. I think this goes back to like, who are my inspirations and who I want 
to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. I saw Femme open for water parks back in November. I didn't know who she was, but I'm like, this bitch is badass. And I think she meshed well with water parks super well. And I got her a lot of exposure. If I could open for water parks, I'd open for water parks. But at the same time, I, I don't remember what the tour was called or if it's still running, but the Hailstorm, Evanescence, like the Women Power Tour. Right. I forget what it's called, but Lilith Czar opened for them. They got like a lot of female powerhouse voices in there. If I could join that tour. That would be super I, sick. I would have no words. I could die happy. <laughs> be like, <laughs> If this was the last tour I ever did in my life, I, I could die it. a happy woman. All right. I'm done. I, I don't think it could get any better than that. <laughs> oh, 100%. Oh, if I could join a tour with Amy Lee. Well, Evanescence, Hailstorm, Lilisar, like all these crazy, like revolutionary women in the industry, I would. But again, more attainable goal. If I could open for like Against the Current, that'd be sick. That would be. (laughs) I would love to open for them. They are so good. That's how I found my producer, Matt Squire, because I looked through all of their, I forget what that album is called. Their, I'm I'm a fake fan, but whatever. (laughs) that won't save us weapon that ep like they were singles at the time when i found him i'm like who who produced this so i looked up matt squire it said matt squire in the spotify song credits Mm -hmm. he also did i write sins not tragedies he also did don't trust me by 303 he's done like all of everyone's favorite songs ever i've been saying for years sins is like my favorite track ever it makes anything better I reached out to him and think, I'm like, I'm a nobody. The odds of him reading this email, not very big. <laughs> and he got back to me and we started, he, he's done all my music. So how I found Matt was through Against the Current. I think the music would be very conducive, work very well together. I'm also like bad bitch status, like have me on your tour. So I would love to tour with them, 100%. That would be amazing. Who knows? Maybe in within the next few years, it, it could happen. That's the goal. That is the goal. I mean, <laughs> goals, goals, <laughs> hashtag goals against the current. You're listening. I'm available. I did this with my one of my bands that I work with called The Similar. I called our group chat the Slateler. <laughs> we do with against the current, against the Slater, against I don't know. You can make up like some kind of campaign. Eventually everything will like fall into place. Uh Yeah. I'm going to make a, I'm going to ship our names and then I'm going to manifest it into reality. (laughs) Exactly. See, again, we're, we're already making life changes on this Uh podcast. Oh yeah. We were just kind of talking about this earlier. Women within the rock scene. Do you feel it's harder to market yourself as a single artist than it is as a band and in what ways like I said as a woman in the rock industry do you find that harder to balance or do you just find a way to kind of tune that out when you're making music I know it's gotten better over the years you know as more doors have opened up for more female artists in the rock industry, but from your point of view, from you being an emerging artist, how has that been for you overall? I have kind of a multifaceted answer for this. Being a solo artist, this doesn't have anything to do with gender. Being Mm -hmm. a solo artist and being so new to the industry, there's so much work you have to do. Right. Anyone has so much to do, especially as like when they're starting out advantages of having a band is you have help doing this, whether it's social, reaching out to people, writing, producing, dealing with all of the moving parts, no management, no, no help, at least bandmates. You you have a few people that can help you with that. Mm -hmm. As a solo artist, I have no help. I'm doing this all on my own, dealing with production, with shows, making sure that everything is going smoothly, but also I do have a full-time job that's <laughs> taking over my life. Right. I, I work in corporate beauty and I'm a manager. 
So that has a lot of responsibility and I work late hours, but obviously I want to be doing music so badly. So, and there are only 24 hours in a day. There's only so much you can do, which is why like, I'm not super active on social because during the day I manage 10 other brands socials. So by the time I'm done with that, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is market myself. There is a lot of stress that goes into not just independent artists, but like a solo artist in terms of being a woman in the industry, because I'm not just a rock musician, I'm also a pop musician and a woman, there are advantages that I have that men don't. Mm-hmm. Like if you look up Ali Slater on Google, someone told me this, like, I come up as a pop artist, which I'm not mad about. Like <laughs> that's great publicity for me. Like I'm marketed as more mainstream. So it's going to be even easier for me to gain a following eventually because mm-hmm. I will have support of those mainstream fans, but as well as, you know, like against the current or Evanescence, like people who are deeper within the rock scene. Also, as a woman, I have boobs. <laughs> I, I have a brand and I can market myself based on my body, which I don't want to, which I shouldn't have to, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. I do have a brand. I do have an image that is super marketable and I'm going to leverage that to get where I need to be while I am super talented and I want people to love me for my music and I want managers and labels and I want everyone to love me for what I can do. Unfortunately, that's not the way the world works. There are so many talented people out there, but you have to bring an image. You have to be marketable. So I'm leveraging every part of me that is marketable. which is an advantage I I have, but at the same time, it is hard being a woman in the industry. You don't know when people are going to be taking advantage of you. So many people have already tried to take advantage of me because A, I'm new and B, I'm a woman. But new doesn't mean dumb and woman doesn't mean dumb. I know when I'm being taken advantage of or when someone is trying to manipulate me. So while I've avoided that, people have tried to take advantage and manipulate, which I don't think would happen with male bands as much. But again, I'm new. I could be wrong. I don't want to be canceled before I start. <laughs> a lot of hard things. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I totally get what you're saying. And I agree that it is harder because of obvious differences for women within the music scene to get that kind of leverage because of who we are as women in our bodies. And it's mm-hmm. it's a shame that it is like that. But unfortunately, like you said, that is how the world works. Hopefully, as like more women enter the industry, though, we can change that mindset where it doesn't have to be about our bodies and the way we look, but the talent and what we bring to the table. 100%. Right now, I would love for my demographic to be like all women who are ready to like be the best versions of themselves and fight back against men who take advantage. I don't want to, first of all, I don't want to keep this binary. I want to make this inclusive of all people. I don't want to leave out the LGBTQIA plus community. They've also been treated so poorly. Oh, I would love for my demographic to be people, women and the queer community to like take back their power and feel great about themselves. But looking at my stats, it's all horny men for sure. And I realize the reality of that. So I have to play to those advantages. Right. Which sucks because I don't, I, men, (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have a female demographic, but as of now, I do not. I guess this is a very important question for you as well. If you could change anything about the rock industry or the music industry as a whole, what would that be? I'd like to tie that into my previous answer. I wish it was more about talent and songs that you write and music that people love versus an image and whether you're marketable or not, what, how much it's, it's really all transactional. Uh, someone will only really take an interest in you if they think they can make money off of you. Not just if they like strictly believe in you, which sucks. It really is. Can this person do it on their own? Do I have to put that much effort into giving them a fan base, put more money into them they can bring back to us. It's all transactional. It's all financial. So I wish it was more for the love of music and not for the love of money, if that makes sense. No, I I totally understand what you're saying. And 
that is the main reason of why I even started this project in the first place, because I, I think you're right on a myriad of levels that when it comes to a lot of talent, especially like within the scene as a whole, I feel like a lot of bands and artists often get swiped under the rug because, you know, they don't get enough views or their image isn't quite correct or, you know, something along those lines where it's like, if your image isn't selling or you don't have enough plays or something is missing along the pipeline, you quickly just get overlooked. Like you're not worth it. Like and you're not worth putting our time and money into. Exactly. That's definitely something that I've been trying to change. And it's it's slow progress, but it's progress nonetheless. Having artists like you guys on the show definitely does change things. And having these types of conversations, whether it's with, you know, women within the scene or whether it's the male demographic in the scene where we can have these conversations and kind of change the way people see it's, it's more than just the bigger bands or the higher upper crust within the scene that we need to be focusing on. The thing that I love most about finally finding this community of people, it is for the outcasts who've never really belonged but there are still those gatekeepers in there sucks but it it really should be about the music and finding that safe space for all of us to just exist (laughs) comfortably I know we got a little off topic here but I'll bring it back to like the industry as a whole it's unfortunate that it is the way the world works right now not just in the music industry but like what is going to make them the most money that is the way it works. So you have to work with that. I love looking like this. Like I I love having the red hair and like the fishnets and that's so fun for me to be, but I'm building a brand. I'm building an image, which is appealing to, you know, higher ups in the industry. It's, it's all about branding and marketing and how much can you bring to the table? Not talent really. (laughs) Right. And I would love, love, love for it to just be about my music and what I have to say and how I make people feel with my music. I I would love to give people something that I never really had or that like this whole community never really had, which is like a safe space. I feel like they're not alone dealing with all of these very normal issues. No, and I think you're not alone in that respect when it comes to, like I said, a lot of people dealing with this on a very normative kind of level. What is the best advice that you have gotten as an artist? And what do you believe makes a great artist? Oh, boy. (laughs) I know this is often a very big and kind of expansive question. Yeah, I've been trying to think, actually all day, I've been trying to think about like, what's the best advice I've been given? And it really is kind of related to this industry, like make yourself marketable. Obviously make your songs badass and great. Like you can't do it without the good songs, but market yourself properly, meet the right people and your dreams might, (laughs) might come true. It, it's sad. I mean, I have the song stuff down. I, lo- I love writing music. It's my favorite part of this whole process. It's like we said, therapeutic. It makes me happy. It takes me away from, you know, the turmoil of adulting. <laughs> right. 100%. Oh my God. I've been going off on so many tangents this whole interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. The best advice to advance my career in the industry was make myself marketable make myself relatable. I think I am relatable already, obviously through the songs, but market myself properly, network properly. In terms of life, like life advice and, you know, growing as a human. I actually did talk about this a little bit, like an hour ago. (laughs) Right. Well, we kind of went on this whole tangent of like how the world works. Yeah. (laughs) Life 101. Something that has helped me so much, even in the past few months, is you can't worry about what you cannot control. If you cannot control the outcome, you can't worry about it. You have bigger and better things to worry about that you can control and you can change. 
the things that no matter what you do doesn't make a difference. It's out of your control. There's no point in worrying about it. Save that time and energy for something else. And what was the second part of your question besides advice? I totally forget the second question. (laughs) What do you believe makes a a great or successful artist? I mean, the artists that I look up to really do love the music and love what they do. Aren't doing it just as like a hobby or something that someone told them to do. They really are passionate about what they do, what they have to say, what they write, what they sing. And they're vulnerable about everything. It's so hard to be vulnerable with strangers. It's hard for me to be vulnerable with my best friends. I don't like being vulnerable, but that ability to be vulnerable in front of others and show people that they're not alone and connect to them. That's what I I love about some of my favorite artists, just seeing the passion they put into everything they do. It's truly inspiring. And I think that's what makes a great artist, not just someone going through the motions or like something that I've been focused on like for the past year is just like my vocal techniques and the technical aspects of the music that I've forgotten about the emotional aspects and put it in not being afraid to put that into my music and showing people my weaknesses. But I think there's so much strength in showing people your weaknesses. And that's what a lot of my favorite artists do that inspire me every day. So loving what they do and showing weakness. (laughs) (laughs) I think those are two pretty good pieces of advice for any emerging artist you already said that what you're currently doing outside of music. So I guess (laughs) I'm going to ask either way, but if you could do anything outside of music, even though music is a huge part of your life, what would you be doing? I would probably go back to teaching. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love teaching and I loved kids. Is being a music teacher cheating? (laughs) (laughs) I loved teaching music. I did a semester abroad when I was in college and by accident, I ended up teaching two Danish classes a day. I taught them English through music, which was so fun. One of the highlights of my life. I did, I did a whole pop punk day. It was, it was so fun. I remember teaching them the intricacies of the lyrics of Sugar We're Going Down by Fall Out Boy. Oh, that must've been such a fun day so fun the kids they loved it I remember I was explaining to them drop a heart break a name and what does that mean because you you don't technically drop a heart and you can't break a name it's they they played on the phrases name dropping and breaking hearts and explaining that to children who don't really speak English very well it was a challenge but it was a fun challenge and they loved learning English that way like just because of like your energy and, you know, being able to talk with you today, I could see you like being able to teach kids, just your bubbly energy and whatnot, (laughs) just being able to have like you as a teacher, that would be fun. Oh, I was such a good teacher. All the kids love, cause I mean, I, I think something that teachers, this is so off topic, but (laughs) something that teachers fail to do is look as kids as, you know, humans as I, I treated each and every one of my students as my equal. Like I was having a conversation with them. I wasn't talking at them. They have just as much to offer to me as I have to them. So every little music baby I had, I, I learned, oh, this is so cliche, I learned from them as well. I, I learned a lot about my teaching skills and what I can do to help bring love to all of their lives and an, an appreciation of music. I also used to volunteer at this organization, I live in New York City called Daniel's Music Foundation, where I used to help teach music to kids and adults with disabilities, which was one of the most rewarding and fun experiences of my life. I was so young and I didn't, I hadn't been exposed to a bunch of people with like autism, Down syndrome, and I I didn't know how to act, but I will say it was one of the best experiences of my life. I met so many great people and it was really refreshing. Like a lot of these people, they weren't, mean like people right (laughs) they were like some of the most genuinely nice people and appreciated my presence just being there and I felt selfishly I felt appreciated but I loved interacting with such nice people when I hadn't been exposed to such nice people yet in my life so teaching music in short whether it's with people with disabilities or kids without disabilities 
and incorporating music into everyone's lives. That would be what I would be doing. As much as I love being a corporate slave, I have, <laughs> have to be teaching. Um, my little four-legged daughter woke up and she's gonna come say hi. She's got one eye and a big heart. I uh, rescued her in college on Valentine's Day. I said, if I can't have a man, I'm gonna have a dog. <laughs> How adorable. I, I rescued her. Just gonna sit here for a little bit or she was gonna bark <laughs> that's fine in terms of performing I always like an- answering this question because I always get like the best answers in terms of like the best and worst places that you've ever performed at so I've I haven't had too much performance experience because I you know I gave up for 10 years <laughs> but I will say my most horrifying performance experience was in high school. I had a solo in front of the whole school and it was right after like the best singer in the whole school, or I can't say names, but she ended up being like a gospel singer. Like she had this powerhouse voice that no one could compete with. And oh little gosh, had to sing a solo after her. So I panicked and that's what I'm like, I'm never doing this again. I'm never performing. And it's harder to perform in front of your peers than an audience of strangers. It's way harder. So that was mortifying. In terms of like gigging as a rock artist, I haven't had too many experiences. I I like, I really want to start gigging more and touring. That's the goal. So I can be on podcasts like this and share more horror stories. (laughs) Well, we can have you back on here at some point. And good performances thus far. I'm going to knock on wood. (laughs) I will have positive vibes going out to you when that happens. Thank you. I know since the EP is coming out, that's going to be the next major step in your chapter thus far. But what is next for you as Allie Slater, like as an artist? So this August, I am going to be moving out to Los Angeles to really kick this into full gear and be in the scene. I want to start gigging more. I want to start getting onto some tours. I think that's the goal right now. Get onto some tours, get that exposure, that performance experience so I can really thrive and put a lot of energy into not perfecting, but growing as an artist, find out what I excel at and what I need to work on Mm -hmm. so I can get where I need to be. Management would be helpful as well. I need help. I can't do this by myself. It would just make my life a lot easier if I had some help. I would love to be touring soon. That's what's next. Release the EP, tour, and I'm currently working on the next EP. So release the second EP. (laughs) That is pretty amazing though. And I'm happy that you're taking those extra steps. And, you know, Los Angeles is going to be amazing for you. And I hope things will go well with this new EP that's coming out. I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm glad that you have plans for like another EP shortly oh, after I, that's going to be coming I out. Not, I do not stop. <laughs> My brain keeps going. I'm like, okay, yes, I just finished this EP and it's going to be released soon, but I, we can't celebrate yet. We have to keep going until we get to where we need to be. <laughs> right. I have a really hard time celebrating my accomplishments I'm always like work 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 I have an unmatched work ethic unfortunately I don't take the time to stop and smell the roses I'm like we'll get to the roses when we get to the roses these aren't the right roses yet (laughs) well I want to thank you for coming on to the show it was great chatting (laughs) with you this was a blast and I'm so sorry I went in circles (laughs) so many times it's what into the void is all about we talk about everything underneath the sun and i was happy to have you make sure you guys check out her ep you can follow her on instagram facebook and i'm not very active on the bird app i don't know quite how to use it the one <laughs> the bird app i don't i'm not very active on there but follow me anyway <laughs> you're not active on the twitter <laughs> do i do a retweet is that how it works <laughs> reposting is retweeting and you like but you're I don't know I'll figure it out one day (laughs) thank you for having me I feel like I haven't had the opportunity to showcase my personality not through song this has been great thank you for giving me the platform to 
be me and show people who I am. Like I said before, it's great having people like you and, you know, other artists just to come and just not only talk about their music, but really get to know the people behind the music themselves. And it's always great to just have those kinds of conversations. Yeah, it's good to read an article or like a review or something of that nature, but it's really nice to, you know, have those kinds of conversations with the artists. And I'm, I'm happy to have anybody that's willing to listen or even just be on this podcast. It really means the world to me. So thanks for facilitating that. For artists like I am appreciated as much as I do, which is a lot. I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> I appreciate you. And remember, guys, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. You can listen on Podbean. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen on YouTube and even on the Into the Void website. Take care, guys. And I'll see you guys for another episode pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs>